Trinity Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Tyson Bibb. A warm welcome to any guests or visitors joining us this morning. And we thank the children for sharing their musical gifts this morning and for uh, giving praise to our Lord and our God. Well, on this fourth Sunday after the Epiphany, we uh, gather to hear the Lord's Word and we hear from the prophet Jonah and also from Jesus, who is the greater Jonah who comes. I'll turn your attention at this time to the Focus on Christ section that is on the inside of the back cover of your bulletin where we have a summary of today's readings. In Jonah, we see ourselves, for Jonah fled from the presence of the Lord, even as we sinners turn our backs on God and go our own way. This brings the storm of God's judgment. But in Jonah, we also see Christ, for even as he was in the great fish for three days and three nights, so also Christ Jesus was buried in the depths of death for us, and raised on the third day. The Lord of creation, who rules over the wind and the wave, saved us from the fury of divine wrath by taking the judgment in his own body. His love is the fulfillment of the law. Through our faith, or though our faith be weak in the face of peril, yet we are kept in safety on the ship of the church, for the Son of God is with us. Though the whole creation groans under the curse, yet by Jesus speaking there is a great calm. For we know that our present sufferings are not worthy to be compared with the glory to be revealed in us. Our service this day is Matins as it begins on page 219. We now sing the first hymn. The Old Testament reading for the fourth Sunday after the Epiphany is from Jonah chapter 1. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went on board to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners were afraid, and each cried out to his God, and they hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship, and had lain down and was fast asleep. So the captain came and said to him, What do you mean, you sleeper? Arise, call out to your God. Perhaps the God will give a thought to us that we may not perish. And they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots that we may know on whose account this evil has come upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. They said to him, 
Tell us on whose account this evil has come upon us. What is your occupation, and where do you come from? What is your country, and of what people are you? And he said to them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, This is what, what is this you have done? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Then they said to him, What shall we do to you that the sea may quiet down for us? For the sea grew more and more tempestuous. He said to them, Pick me up and hurl me into the sea, then the sea will quiet down for you. For I know it is because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. Nevertheless, the men rowed hard to get back to dry land, but they could not, for the sea grew more and more tempestuous against them. Therefore they called out to the Lord, O Lord, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not on us innocent blood, for you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and hurled him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. O Lord, have mercy on us. The epistle is from Romans chapter 13. Owe no one anything except to love one another. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. O Lord, have mercy on us. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 8th chapter. When Jesus got into the boat, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, so that the boat was being swamped by the waves, but he was asleep. And they went and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. And he said to them, Why are you afraid, O you of little faith? Then he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this, that even winds and sea obey him? O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our sermon text this day comes from the Gospel, which was just read, focusing especially on verse 26. And Jesus said to them, Why are you afraid, O you of little faith? Then he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. This is our text. Well, dear saints of God, does it ever seem to you that the Lord is asleep? The disciples found their Lord asleep in the boat, while a huge storm battered their boat, swamping it with waves, all of which threatened to destroy them. In their time of great need, they saw their Lord sleeping. Hence why they cry out to Jesus, Lord, save us, we are perishing. As we look at our world around us, we may wonder if indeed the Lord is asleep. We see disasters, injustice, genocide, famine, the threat of war, the ever-increasing influence of totalitarian government. And we see the death of many innocent people. 
We hear news of Christians being killed by the thousands and tens of thousands around the world, and we may wonder why our Lord does nothing. In your own life, you experience tragedy, hardship, pain, and sorrow. You may pray for release, yet the Lord seems not to hear. Is the Lord sleeping? Now bear in mind, these questions, they do not come because our Lord abandons us. Certainly not. Our Lord will not leave us. He will never forsake us, such as his solemn promise. We are his beloved children. He has not ever abandoned his people, and he never will. In his great mercy, he sends us many proofs of his love, and yet we doubt him during the times of hardship. Folks, the problem is not in him, but in us. We are like the disciples on the boat in that great storm. We are little of faith. It is true that the Holy Spirit has given us saving faith, and yet our sinful flesh, it works against the Spirit, resisting faith and resisting Christ's word and sacrament. We make ourselves weak of faith. In our flesh, we resist the ever-consoling truth that God is loving and gracious in His Son, our Savior, Jesus. And so we are fearful and distressed more than we ought to be. Like the disciples, we fear the storm more than we fear our loving Lord. O Christ, have mercy upon us. It is because of this that we should accept the rebuke of Jesus. Just as he rebuked the disciples, saying, Why are you fearful, you of little faith? So also his rebuke is for us. Let us accept it. Say amen and not resist it. If we believe that we are completely in and of ourselves, faithful and trusting as we should be all the time, well then, that is the same as denying that we are sinners. To be blunt, that would be to call God a liar. Therefore, let us fall to our knees in repentance and confess. Yes, Lord, we are weak in faith. We believe. Helpest thou our unbelief. Like a physician diagnosing a sickness before administering the cure, our Lord calls out our weak faith in order that he might comfort and console us and strengthen us. He must clean out the wound before he applies the healing balm of his grace. To those who repent, Christ Jesus gives the utmost comfort. Notice in the reading that Jesus, he rebukes the fearful hearts of his disciples with his word before he rebukes the raging storm. While still laying in the swamped boat, Jesus speaks to his disciples' hearts as his first and greatest concern. Then he rose and rebuked the storm. You see, our comfort is that Christ shows himself to us. He reveals himself as a merciful and loving Lord as he takes upon himself our punishment on the cross. And in this reading, we see that he displays his power in grace, his might in mercy. Christ Jesus shows you that he is the all-powerful Lord over all creation. Even the winds and the waves obey this man, for he is more than a mere man. He is the God-man, the creator and preserver of all even the creator and preserver of you. He does not set you upon the earth and then forget about you. He's not like the classic example of the watchmaker God who wound everything up and then walked away so that he could, I don't know, go binge watch something on Netflix. That is not our God. He looks upon you with care and concern, always. We are reminded of God's care for each and every one of us in Psalm 139, where he wrote by inspiration of the Spirit, for you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. 
Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them the days that were formed for me when as yet there were none of them. Your Lord who created you is the same Lord who never slumbers nor sleeps. In his state of humiliation during his earthly life, Christ allowed himself to become weak and weary and to fall asleep. Yet even then, he would not allow his disciples to perish in the storm. Even in sleep, he was their unshakable, infallible protector and defender. Now, after his resurrection, Christ does not rest in that way. He sits at the right hand of the Father in glory, listening to your prayers and interceding for you before the Father. He sees your tears. And he feels your heartache. He knows the pains we feel in this life because he also has felt them. He is with us in the midst of our suffering. Knowing this, how much more should all God's saints trust that this all-powerful, all-knowing Lord Jesus Christ will not fail to watch over them? The Son of God is your strong tower. He is your mighty fortress. He is your strength and your shield. Christ Jesus is the proof of God's love for you. When you question whether God really cares, look to Christ on the cross. For there you see the love of God made manifest in the sacrifice of Jesus. He was willing to brave the terrible storm of God's wrath against sin. As with the prophet Jonah, Christ Jesus was cast into the foaming sea of God's wrath over sin. Jesus himself spoke to the Pharisees concerning this, saying, For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. On the cross he suffered the punishment for all your guilt. He laid down, he laid down his life in the sleep of death for you. And by doing this, he caused the wrath of God to become still and calm. The great calm remains even today. And no anger of God can come against you since the holy, precious blood of Christ has been shed for you, his dear saints. What greater thing could he do? I mean, no greater sacrifice could exist. Therefore, you know most certainly that Christ and his love it cannot have any limit. When he seems to be sleeping and not paying attention, that is only how it appears to our sinful flesh. In reality, his love toward you is constant and it is unfailing. Your life is most precious in his sight. Indeed, you are his treasured possession whom he has claimed for himself in the waters of holy baptism. You see, if his help seems slow in coming, he has good reason. His wisdom is beyond ours and his thoughts are not our thoughts. We cannot see the ways of God for they are not our ways. Therefore, dear saints, let us look to his promises and trust that he will not, fare, that he will not fail to care for us, especially in the dark times. Let us look to his cross and resurrection and know that he does indeed work all things to the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose, all those who cling to him in faith. He is closer than we ever can feel in the troubles of life. And when he feels most distant, that is actually when he's closest of all. We should not trust our fickle and ever-changing emotions. See, in those darkest nights of the soul... May the Holy Spirit prevail upon us and move us to recall his righteous and loving deeds for us before, because they are beyond counting. When Satan and our sinful flesh seek to crush the gift of faith with their lies and with their deception, let us cling ever to his word, to his promises made to us in baptism, and to the consolation of his holy supper. Is it not our Lord himself who has said to us, Come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest.
Where else but in the body and blood of Christ can we find comfort and rest when the devil rages and our doubts assail us? Here at this altar, your good shepherd sets before you a table, a table in the presence of your enemies. Here as the boat fills with water, does your Lord awaken and he rebukes the storm. Here at his table, the Lord binds up the brokenhearted and fills the hungry with good things. He who would not let his disciples perish in body and soul, he will never let his elect perish. His love is constant. His hold on you, secure. They cry out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brings them out of their distress. He calms the storm so that its waves are still. So we prayed and chanted in the psalm. Dear saints, trust in Christ Jesus. When you are weak, come to the front of the ship, kneel down, and receive his body and his blood, for it is given for your forgiveness, peace, and strength. When your soul aches in you, call upon him in prayer and hold on to him all the tighter, for he is your refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble, and he shall never abandon you. He holds you tightly in his grip. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, watch and guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, you know we live in the midst of so many dangers that in our frailty we cannot stand upright. Grant strength and protection to support us in all dangers and carry us through all temptations. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. To Christ, the greater Jonah, who was cast into the depths of our sin to bring peace, and who has risen after three days, that we may find care in every trouble and not perish. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the blessed course of the gospel throughout this world, that it may refresh the saints and work in that it may refresh the saints and work in faith in those who are lost in error and unbelief. And for all preachers, that God would sustain them and turn them from reluctance, bitterness, or discouragement to embrace their task and the cross it brings. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For love in our workplaces and homes, that we may be turned toward our neighbors there to love them as ourselves and do them no wrong, as the good law of God commands. Let us pray to the Lord. For boldness and courage, that we would not flee like Jonah whenever we are duty-bound to speak against great evil in this land of exile, but stand to confess God's goodness before a world that rejects Christ and his church. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For God's servants for whom we pray, especially Bob Rash, Ron Gibson, Chuck Lichty, Erlene Lakey, Lisa Rash, and Ted Phillips, that their faith may be increased and their fears calmed by Christ's presence and gracious, sure promises. For without him we perish. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all who feast upon the body and blood of Christ this day, that their faith might be strengthened and their sins forgiven. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Lord God, Heavenly Father, in your divine wisdom and fatherly goodness, you cause your children to bear the cross and send us many afflictions, both to subdue our sinful flesh and to enliven our hearts to faith, hope, and unceasing prayer. Have mercy on us, we implore you, and graciously deliver us from these trials and afflictions. Let us perceive your grace and fatherly help with all the saints, and with all the saints, praise and worship you forever. 
Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Again, good morning and welcome. God's blessings to you on this Lord's Day. Uh, we have a handful of announcements here as we continue with this morning. Of course, Sunday school and Bible study immediately following worship. Uh, and then after uh, adult Bible study this day here at 11 o'clock, Shane, Smithen, Shane Smithson forgive me, has joined us. Uh, and we look forward to his presentation. This Wednesday, midweek school at 3.30, along with confirmation, workout class at 6 p.m., um, did I say Wednesday? Or it was Wednesday. Thursday, uh, rather, is church council. Um, and uh, Kyle has asked me to mention that all voters are, um, or rather members, are welcome to attend. Just please let him know. Uh, if you're going to request some time to speak, he'll put you on the agenda. And then also a week from this Thursday, then, is our voters meeting on the 10th. So please make note of that. Uh, we continue to have a handful of items available in the auditorium, so please take a look at those, and if you can find them a new home, feel free to, uh, to take them with you. Um, and uh, also, the newsletter has already been released electronically. We'll have print copies soon, uh, thanks to all those involved in that and their hard work in getting that uh, to us. This coming Tuesday, that'll be February 1st, is going to be the first of our uh, Lutheran Confessions reading group. We'll meet at 9 a.m., uh, we do have a couple of extra copies of the Reader's Edition of the Book of Concord, so if you don't have one yet, uh, don't let that keep you from coming. But Tuesday at 9 a.m. will be the beginning of that, and we'll try to meet once a month uh, as we begin to study uh, those blessed documents of the Reformation, which are really just a, a Bible study revealing to us uh, the truth of what biblical Christianity is all about. So we look forward to beginning that. Uh, and please see the newsletter as there are many exciting things coming up then in the month of February, uh, along with that in member class, uh, among many other things. So, did I miss anything? All right, that being said then, God's blessings to you as you go into this week. Uh, may Christ continue to calm your fears and strengthen you with his faith and with his, or with faith and with his love. I'll greet you at the door.